Hey everybody, it's Manimal here, and it is Monday, February 6th, and that means that we are just one week away from spring training beginning. But in the meantime, we're going to go around Major League Baseball today, talk about some of the new rule changes, we're going to talk about Fernando Mania, and we're also going to talk about Ian Kinsler and second baseman in Rangers history. So give us a listen today, Texas Rangers with the boys. And welcome back to Texas Rangers with the boys. We are the boys, and I am your boy Kev, a.k.a. YBK, Kevin Frazier, your co-host here on the show. And if you would like to find me on the socials, you can find me at Kevin Lee. Frazier, that is F-R-A-Z-I-E-R, and that's Instagram and Twitter. If you decide you want to find me on Facebook, which some of you have, uh, feel free to add me. You'll probably get added to my friends list a little faster than my co-host, who happens to be a man that tips the scales at 300 pounds uh, on a light day. Uh, The 300-pound animal, a.k.a. Bull. Bull, how you doing, buddy? How many friend requests have you received? And where can they find you on social medias? Well, um, to start with, I'm doing pretty good. I haven't really paid attention to friend requests that much. There's some, though. There's I, I don't count them. I just let them sit in that file until I feel like, oh, you know what? Tonight I should do friend requests. So, you know, it's it, mm. it doesn't, it really, it's just, it's, there's no science to it. Um, I know that everyone wants to believe there's science to everything, mm-hmm. but there's no science to it. No. I'm, uh, I'm just looking forward to talking some baseball tonight. It's, uh, it's going to be a slow, slow grind as we work this last week into spring training. And as you know, Kevin and I spent all weekend Mm. Coming up with show ideas yeah. for tonight. I'm in. Yeah. Deliberating. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, you know, we we spent probably, oh. Man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, exactly uh, that. Uh, so we, we do have, we have a couple of things that we're going to talk about tonight. Um, but we're not going to talk about those things just yet. No, because we have to tell the people that they can find me on Twitter Mm. at Manimal Bull. You can find me on Instagram, Manimal Three Hundred, and um, you know, catch me on TikTok before Mm. Greg Abbott bans it. Oh, yeah, it's exciting because those are the important things going on in Texas right now. Is TikTok banning TikTok? 100%. 100%. Um, but you can find me there at Bull Pro. And, oh, uh, oh, here we go. Here and, we go. Here and we go. because all of his constituents use it, there yes. is no chance that Greg Abbott will be. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> There's no chance that he will be banning Facebook. So you can find me on Facebook at Bull Pro. We uh, we'll we'll talk baseball there if for some reason you can't see me on the TikTok anymore. I'll still well, make reels for Facebook. Well, even if you can't 
you don't have any cares of finding us on social media, you can always find Texas Rangers with the boys on Spotify right now exclusively. Uh, we, we will at some point probably branch out to other uh, podcast platforms, but right now it's just it's a lot easier for people just to find us over here on Spotify. If you don't have Spotify, I highly recommend you uh, snatch it up. It's a great app, and you can, if anything, just get it to listen to us. Yeah, it's um, not going to cost you anything. No. I, mean, I set it up for my free. mom. I mean, right, it's she, absolutely free. And you know she's what? not also, afraid of it. Being back in the Metroplex, I do have uh, – have, I've had a few people uh, strike up some conversations about the Rangers, and uh, we do have a few new listeners, I bet, uh, that, that have asked where they could find the show. And uh, so if you're a new listener um, tonight and, and you've spoken with me personally, thank you for – uh, listening to us tonight and we'll we're welcome to the welcome to the bandwagon and we are definitely your only daily texas rangers podcast yeah uh, from a couple you know, boys was, in texas i was gonna say i feel like it's uh perfectly acceptable now for you to uh just pipe this in over the loudspeaker at your gym yeah. because you're down there in mansfield which is right. what 15 minutes from the ballpark yeah so if yeah. you're just gonna i mean i feel like it's perfectly acceptable from yeah. like, you know, maybe just like the cool hours, you know, like yeah. the, the 11 p.m. to 3 a.m. guys yeah. and gals that, you know, yeah, just, just blast it over the loudspeaker. Yeah. yeah and, and they can get caught up on all the ranger. I bet like before you know it, you'll have more people in there at midnight mm-hmm. to three trying to catch up on the weeks. Well, let's just see how um, many times I can just post it up at the job like a like a flyer until my uh, until my boss figures out that I'm promoting a podcast at work but this show is definitely not about my job uh or or us promoting a show that you're listening to for content we are actually going to go around the league a little bit we did there were a couple of interesting things that we we wanted to talk about uh one of those is that we have not really taken the time i saw a nice little article on mlb.com and it was just talking about the new rules here in baseball so i'm just going to kind of lay a few Lay a few I feel like the only oops sorry, I didn't mean to talk over you. I feel like the only one that we've really talked about is the shift band. Yeah. We haven't yeah, really we gotten haven't into the some of these other bigger ones. bases and the pitch clock and the uh the the new uh holding runners rules. So right, I'll let you right. tell tell them about okay. that and then I got a little MLB news myself that we'll get into. Nice, nice. Well I appreciate the permission. Um so therefore we all know about the shift band which means you can no longer move multiple players to one side of the field. And again, I'm going to give you the layman, the layman terms. If you actually want to read the article, it's on MLB.com by Anthony Castro Vince. Uh, you can check him out on Twitter at Castro Vince, um, at Castro Vince. Um, free plug for them, but we're using their stuff, so might as well. Um, so you got the shift limit. So you can't, you can't shift multiple infielders over from one side of the field to the other. Uh, and they bigger, and they have to play on the infield too, correct? Yeah, they can't play in the outfield. Yep, yep. And then um, the other one that, that my, the most exciting one I think I'll get to last. Uh, but the shift I think is going to definitely increase some batting averages. I think you're going to see players uh, that are more pull hitters have better chances of getting on base. Uh, you know, obviously the old school guys, especially a, a good buddy of, of of the show Jeff Fry, uh, is like, well, why don't you just learn to beat the shift? Uh, but we don't have to go down that aisle. Uh, we we both probably fall in the same category as that bull that why don't they learn to beat the shift? But we're not making the rules. 
we're just covering the game and, and we're going to let the, baseball. At this they, point, if it adds some more bat to ball connection that mm-hmm. provides non outs, I think I'm kind of for it at this point. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're looking for the game to be a little bit more watchable, and if that's what we got to do, that's what we got to do. Um, so interestingly enough, yeah, some excitement. And the other one that that we both grew, we both grew up with the Ricky Hendersons and the Vince Coleman's, the Willie Wilsons of the world. And we stolen bases were a thing, and they just aren't anymore. And so baseball has actually added some other rule changes that have increased the chances of really just put stolen bases back make them a little bit more appealing and moving base runners a little bit more appealing sizes of the bases and what that essentially does is is it reduces the distance between bases so the standard base was 15 inches the new base is 18 inches which going from first to second has now been in from uh second to third has now been reduced by four and a half yeah four and a half yeah Yeah. sorry yeah four four feet five inches so no, 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 not that much. No, no, just a half foot. By four point five. You're right. You're right. By half. Yeah, half foot. Okay, right, yeah. Right. Good call. Good so call. half right. foot the closer. Two, the two dashes. The two dashes that, and then from third, from first to third, and from third to home has been reduced by three inches. So quarter, quarter foot. Yeah. Right? Quarter foot. Well, quarter foot. And I think uh, another thing that the. The other two rules that pitchers have to abide by this year, mm-hmm. uh, I think that'll also help with stolen bases because you can only throw over to the bag so many times yep. now. Correct. Yep. So you can only throw the pitchers can be can only be limited to two what they call disengagements from the mound, which is pickoff attempts or step offs per plate appearance with the runner on first uh, resets the clock. Now, what I don't know is is if they don't, does that mean they can't? That if they step off again, it's like a balk. The runner just goes to second. I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure what the rule is going to be. I didn't know if they had that in there. I was actually going to be my next question was right. What right. is I don't, the it punishment? Say it. Uh, it doesn't say what the punishment is, but I the uh, and then the second thing that they have that I think is going to increase stolen bases or ex- at least increase the uh, the attempts on stolen bases is this pitch clock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the pitch clock's exciting too because pitchers now, when the bases are empty, they've only got 15 seconds between pitches, and then with runners on, they've only got 20 seconds in between. I love so this idea a, a good uh, a good sorry to cut you off there a good base yeah. runner or a good stolen base guy. Now, conceivably, if the pitcher is using his clock. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, he can use that clock as an advantage to to take a, an extra base or mm-hmm. take an extra couple of steps in yep. order to get a little bit more of a jump on a base hit. Um, so that, again, I think that uh, an advantage to the base runner, and I think that they're they're making these moves because, um, you know, the, there's a, 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 not a disconnect. I don't think that's the, the case, but I think there is a, uh, um, there's a level of excitement that is lost in the game right now of mm-hmm. moving bases, putting pressure on yep. defenses, things like that, that, that haven't happened in several years. Yep. Um, and, and, you know, I mean, baseball fielding percentages are at all time highs because there aren't as many balls put into play. Right. And there's no pressure on the defense yeah. at all. Um, the other cool little thing that comes along with the pitch count is batters 
have to be in the batter's box and alert to the pitcher by the eight-second mark on the clock, or they'll be charged with an automatic strike. What I don't know, and okay. I will find out for you, is what the what's the penalty if a pitcher disengages a third time? Is it like a balk where they get the base? Um, or, or is it know, a ball? Like, is it a ball? Yeah, what's the, what's the penalty for doing that? Um, I, if they don't, if they don't do that, or if they they run out of time too, you know. Yeah, like, I would okay, say so, there's probably a penalty if you run out of pitch clock too. If they don't, they will be charged with an automatic ball. Okay. If they don't get into the if they break the pitch count like the 15 or 20 seconds, it'll be an automatic ball. Okay. Um, I'm gonna guess. I don't know for a fact, but I'll, I'll like I said, guys, it's part of our job to find this out, so you don't have to find out if they if they disengage. Um, will that be an automatic ball or does that, I, I think it should move the runner because you the think goal it should is be the same the as a buck, right? The, the goal is to keep the runner on base, you know, like that's why you're stepping off is to keep him or to change his lead or whatever. Um, but here's something else that this, I think is going to increase. You're going to see a bigger increase in catchers throwing out runners after the pitch, after a missed pitch, after a swung and miss, because base runners are going to be a lot more aggressive. They're going to be getting away from the bases a little bit more. And I think catchers are going to have a better opportunity to get those, you know, pickoffs at first base, pickoffs at third base, or even second base for that matter. Uh, when runners try to get a little bit more aggressive, I think you'll see more rundowns. And I think once you see, once the, while the, the, you're going to see a little bit of chaos, which is going to make so, it a little bit, kind of be fun, I think. I think it'll make it fun. So in today's uh, technology age, mm-hmm. Um, I was able to uh, find out here oh. that the pitcher can step off, throw to a base only twice per plate appearances. Right. Or the third time is a balk. Yep. If he doesn't throw to a base and the runner is out. Ah, so if he throws to the base and the runner isn't out. So if, if, yeah, if he steps off. And like maybe the for example, like the the runner took off on him, right? He can still step off the bag or the the mound there and go to second base and get him. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean it's a winner. He's a winner. I guess the only real tricky part is if the runner gets back to first base, even though he engaged in maybe a rundown, he gets back to first base and he's safe. Does that mean is he it automatically goes? There? Yeah, that, yeah that like. Walk? Is it that's like a uh, that's the only real case where it would be a, a big deal? Because that could become a thing, you know. I mean, because I don't think whenever they instituted uh, replay that it was ever their thought process that they would get a guy over sliding the bag mm-hmm. from hand to foot with mm-hmm. a tag still on him to become an out call. I don't think that was ever what they imagined in that situation, but that's what it's become. And mm-hmm. I wonder if in this case, base runners will will do the old hard jab step towards second mm-hmm. and try and get that get that mm. uh, pitcher to, yeah. to go towards second instead of first and then <laughs> get back fun. to first base. And, yeah, so it kind of adds – that could add <laughs> yeah. a new – you know, because it doesn't say that you can't do that. So, like, uh, you know, I mean, again, like that's just kind of an interesting thing. And, uh, you know, I, I think these rules will be fun. I don't think they're going to yeah. hurt the game. I don't think they're going to hurt. And then the game has to the game has to to continually move along. Rule changes have been part of the game since the very very beginning. If we were still playing baseball the way it played at the very beginning, they'd be still throwing out of a flat mound 
You know, box, be, a box. Yeah. No, there wouldn't even be a mound. There'd just be a box. Yeah, there a would... box and then home runs. There wouldn't even be fences to hit home runs out of. So, yeah, I mean, that, we've improved the game over the time with the rules that have been instituted, and I don't think these are going to be any different. Nope. And I'll make one more ad before I pass, the, pass it over to you. I also think it's going to increase the amount of conditioning that everybody has to have because everybody's going to need to be a better athlete and have better cardiovascular conditioning to play ball like this. And I, for one, and think that's And that's kind of cool. Yeah, I think yeah. that's cool. Yeah. yeah. If the, you think about a guy like Bubba Thompson, this is like, mm. this, this literally makes him more valuable just because of the if, rule changes. If he can get on base. Yeah. If he's on uh, base, he is. Uh, uh, well, and he's going to have a three, three, three inch chance to get on base more uh, uh, from six. first, to, from, yeah, from, uh, from first to from home to first. So what can I say? Um, but there was another cool little thing that we wanted to mention on the show. Oh yeah. I think, I think if you grew up our age, you mm-hmm. have like a, a certain group of players that you really loved uh, yeah. growing up. And one of those guys that I loved growing up watching pitch was for Fernando Valenzuela. Ooh, and yeah. he was one of my favorite guys, the old screwball pitcher. Not a not a ton of screwball pitchers in the league post nineteen eighty five. So uh, he was one of those guys, though. I mean, he his he was had his number retired by the Los Angeles Dodgers this weekend at their right. fan fest. Nothing super special. I just wanted to bring it up because I wanted to talk about Fernando Valenzuela and his wild ass screwball for a couple of seconds. <laughs> El, El Toro. El Toro. Oh, yeah. And uh, is he the greatest player to ever, greatest uh, baseball player to come from Mexico? A pitcher for sure. Most famous, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Most well, famous. I mean, hey, he was still good with the Padres late in his career, too. So, yeah, you know, that's yeah. pretty, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. Cause I think it was, uh, I'm looking at his numbers here. Like even in 96, he threw 171. Yeah. yeah. 171 innings with a 362 ERA. This was and, during the era where the ball was flying. Yeah. And I'm sure in 96, like his arm was like holding on by a thread. There was like <laughs> one little morsel of tendon yeah. holding together. What about savvy? We talk about whip a lot, you know, especially myself. I, I'm a big proponent of it. But he had a 1.4 whip that year, so he's he's just getting guys out somehow. <laughs> I think yeah, he's kind of always <laughs> been that guy. Like I mean, he was. I don't know if he was still throwing a screwball in '96, but he was he was still pumping strikes. Right. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and then of course there's the uh, the magical. I want to say is 1986. Um, or well, actually no. I think 81? Back, 1980, 81 was the year he won the Cy Young, but yeah. he came in second. But yeah, eighty one, he finished fifth in the MVP voting, Rookie of the Year, yeah, Cy yeah. Young. He almost took the the trifecta. Wow, wow, and it it's, the SS means silver slugger. Yeah, he could right? hit too. Yeah, he could hit. So eighty one, eighty one. He, he was a... two, he had batted two fifty. He was an MVP away from the greatest season in the history of baseball. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And just came out of nowhere too. You know, like just, uh, uh, was he 18? He was 20 years old, 20 years old. There was Fernando mania, you know, it was was crazy. Wow. What a great player, man. Threw a no hitter too, right? Threw a no hitter in like 91. Let me see if I, if I can find that on here. Yeah, I think he threw a no hitter in that year where everybody threw a no hitter. 
Well, 91 looks like, like he was. There was he like was, 97. Okay. Well, I'm trying to find where they will show you their no hitters, but uh, but uh, may, maybe we can find that one out before we uh, we get out of here. I'm sure a Google search of how many uh, no hitters did Fernando Valenzuela throw. But another guy, too, led the league in complete games uh, three times. So, I mean, guy, he was a horse through 200, 250 plus innings. One, two, three, four, five, six, six times in his career. Led the league in strikeouts in 81. I mean, honestly, man, like, it's kind of weird. You know, these are borderline Hall of Famers just because of the impact they had in the time, in the stretch of time that they played. Uh, We'll probably uh, have another guy on that list uh, or that we'll talk about a little bit later, but. Uh, yeah, just just a great player, and like I said, we could probably stop down and talk about Fernando Valenzuela all day long because we we're both kind of from that era, and he was just such a part of our childhood. Um, but yeah, yeah, congrats to him and well deserved. And um, the Rangers also made a a, a move uh, today. Uh, they brought yeah, no on player. a former player, yeah, former yeah, player. no nothing, nothing huge, just something to talk about. Yeah, yeah, the uh, looks like Ian Kinsler will now be the assistant general manager. Uh, uh, and a special, special assistant, assistant. general assistant. Man- manager to Chris special. Young. Yeah. yeah. I, I think a special, I don't think he's the, spe- I don't know if there's a the special assistant. Uh-huh. I, th- I think he's probably more a special assistant, mm. just something to keep him with the ball club. I think it's time. I mean, Mm-hmm. Well, they put him in the no hit or the in the Hall of Fame last year or the year before yeah. that. I can't remember. I, I, they run together on me. Yeah. Um, but he, it's time. You know, I mean, like if 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 you're mad that Ian Kinsler was fired up over getting traded, like you should be happy that he was fired up about getting traded from here. He didn't. He didn't want to leave. So I yeah, don't know. Looks- I don't think that. I. I mean, it's. That was what in twenty thirteen or whatever twenty fourteen that that happened right before the twenty fourteen season. I mean, that's we're talking ten years ago now. Like we can't seriously still be mad at Ian Kinsler, who, I mean, could possibly be the the best Rangers second baseman of all time. He he could be, um, but I think there's some other names that could be thrown around uh, that. I, I I think it's debatable. Um, yeah, it's definitely debatable. But why don't why don't we, we why don't we why don't we have that conversation then? I think that's a good conversation. It's Texas Rangers well, podcast. It's our podcast. We talk about what we want to talk about. Let's start. Let's start with with Ian. Well, before we do that, why don't we talk a little bit first though um, about Texas Roughhouse Wrestling and okay. Matt War Pro. Uh, and Martin House Brewery, three, three, a collaboration of three great organizations or three uh, entities uh, that are going to be coming together on March 31st, WrestleMania weekend for the wrestling fans on the show. Um, March 31st, you guys will be going to Martin House Brewery, uh, partnering up with Matt War Pro to crown the first Trinity River Heritage Champion. And that's going to be a really exciting event. And at that event, uh, officially, uh, you know, the uh, officially signed uh, for the event, you will have Texas Rangers with the boys. The boys will be there uh, in our Texas Rangers hats, uh, ready to talk some Texas Rangers baseball to anybody 
uh, anytime except for during the actual show itself. And if you want to sit by me and talk Texas Rangers baseball, nobody's going to know. Um, and we're going to enjoy some uh, professional wrestling and some uh, Martin House Brewery. So should be a really exciting, uh, and, exciting night and a lot of fun. And real quick, I want to just add a couple of things. I know a place mm-hmm. that uh, that used to be one of our hangouts back in the day has come on as a sponsor, and that's uh, Buffalo Brothers. Buffalo bro, oh the and uh, the Buffalo Bros over on uh, uh, University, but not the University store, the store in Sundance Square. And I wanted to remind people that uh, um, every Monday in March, I will be at Buffalo Brothers in Sundance Square um, as a as a part of a uh, uh, the countdown to. Oh my God. Buffalo the, Bros has some of the best pizza. I, I, there, seriously, honestly, there's nothing there that's not good. Honestly, the wings are good. It, it is. The pizza's yes. good. The Philly cheesesteak is good. The burger, I think they, I think they serve burgers. I think they serve, they serve like the random. Yeah, that, and they have the the real authentic uh, Buffalo, New York Buffalo wings. Yeah, man. So they're a good they're a good place to come eat some wings, and uh, you know we're going to be out there every Monday in March to uh, mm. to count down to the tr- trouble on the Trinity too. Oh, so I man. wanted to I wanted to let that know, and I'll get with uh, promoter Jason Keenan, and we'll talk about the rest of the the sponsors that are a part of this show. And we'll make sure and get them all added into our commercial as we go. Um, but March thirty first, March thirty first, um, it's a seven p.m. bell time. So that means Kevin and I will probably be getting started with the podcast right about six o'clock. So yeah, uh, we'll be done so I can go and uh, you know who knows I may actually just do the podcast in the manimal. It depends on how how. Uh, how cold it is outside. It so. really is going to depend on that, but really excited to hear the Buffalo brothers is coming on board. But speaking of Buffalo brothers, which has nothing to do with the next thing I'm going to say, um, let's talk about the best second baseman um, of all time with the Texas Rangers. Why don't I, why don't I start with Ian Kinsler? Yeah, we should uh, probably start with him since that's what right. brought it on in the first place. Well, I, I, it's been said that he's the, he's got the fifth, highest war of any Texas Ranger player of all time. I, I, I believe that's what I heard. Uh, again, I don't know. I don't, I'd, I'd have to fact check that, but I knew, I do know he has a 54 career war, uh, but with the Rangers, um, I mean, the guy was like really a model of consistency uh, averaged 133 game, 133 games per season. So he was stayed healthy. Uh, yeah, 500, I- yeah. 500 at bats, 94 runs. Uh, 30 doubles, 20 homers, 67 runs batted in, 22 stolen bases, so a 20-20 guy. And then he had a split of 273, 349, 454 for an ops of 804. So for a second baseman, I mean, all those numbers are great. Yeah, I think he he actually not just a a great Texas Ranger second Mm -hmm. baseman, but I would would dare say that he's a top 20. Hmm second baseman of all time in the big leagues. I, I mean, it's pretty close. I mean, he's right there in that, oh, you could probably have him somewhere between 17 and 25. Mm-hmm. And, well, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked, you know. I mean, like, if you 
you put together all the intangibles. He was a big time run creator. So that was one of his biggest, you know, I mean, he had moments where he drove you crazy, you mm-hmm. know, hitting in the leadoff spot sometimes, but for the he, most he part, the, I mean, he hit the highest pop flies I've ever seen in my life. Sometimes, man, he would get <laughs> under a ball or two, you know, but that was, that wasn't exactly who he was though, either. No. I mean, cause he, he always was even in his worst years here. I mean, he's still hitting the high 250s, and that wasn't exactly, you know, that wasn't really exactly telling of him because he was a guy that walked, you know, I mean, in that year that they went to the World Series, or uh, in 2011 when they went to the World Series, he walked 89 times. And he also, that year before in 2010, um, he didn't play much in the first half of the season, I don't think, where he might have had a big snippet of the middle cut out. Mm-hmm. Um, but in that little bit of time that he in his he had 391 plate appearances, and in mm-hmm. those, uh, you know, he had 56 walks. So he he was a guy that, you know, not only got on base, you know, got, had a good average, but he was an on base guy too. He wasn't he was. He wasn't a bum, you know. He was a guy no. that he helped this team a lot in those years when they really needed it, and he was a you know a predominantly you know close to eight hundred. Yeah, ops every year. Well, and, yeah, and one I mean, more thing to year. mention. One more thing to mention before I kick the ball over to you. It's he was a thirty thirty guy twice with the Rangers, and he won two not with the Rangers, but he also won two Gold Gloves. Uh, so and was only a negative D war was always in positive D war every season of his career with the exception of 2008 and then his very last season in 2019. So he could play some, he could play some defense as well. So, uh, but but there's other names like I know you got somebody you'd like. To um. Uh, well, if you go back to the the teams that won before the Ian Kinsler led mm-hmm. teams. You would probably look at uh, maybe a guy like Mark McLemore. Okay. Yeah. You know, the I mean, the uh, what what was he was the uh, what doctor of defense was that his his thing? Yeah, the doctor of defense. The, the doctor of defense, Mark McLemore. Um, I was a, I was always a, a Mark McLemore fan. He was one of those guys that uh, um, he he. he when he came here first, or whenever I first remember him being a Ranger, he came in. He was one of Johnny Oates's guys. Okay, is that right? Does that sound right? I mean, do you remember that? Uh, I, I, I remember don't, he he I had don't. played Sorry. for. Uh, he he had played for. Um, Baltimore Johnny, Baltimore, yeah, at, yeah, in Baltimore, yeah, yeah, and and so I don't know if that's exactly the truth to it. I'm not a hundred percent, but I always, I always remember like hearing that, like, yeah, he's a, uh, uh, he's a Johnny Oates guy. So, um, you know, that's kind of what I assumed, but, and he played a lot of utility mm-hmm. for the, uh, in the beginning, he played some left field, probably some third base, Yep. Probably played some, uh, played mostly second base, but probably played some first base and third base too. Yeah. Um, um, uh, but he kind of won that second base job. Yep. Um, uh, middle of what, 96? 
That was 96. I, I would pretty much say he won it in 95. And okay. Got, they gave it to him in 96, you know, like, because 95, like you said, he was playing all over outfield and uh, second base. But then by, uh, you know, he's splitting time between outfield and second base. But by, by 96, he was a full-time second baseman for the Texas Rangers um, through the 99 season. And, so and honestly, I, uh, in 97, mm-hmm. him getting hurt had – as much to do with uh, them not making the playoffs that year as anything. Yeah, it's really interesting. It, right? it, that was a, he was a glue guy, I think, and I mean he wasn't. He was never horrible. He was never a guy that. I mean his 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 uh, um, he always was a three hundred plus on base percentage guy, and and a lot mm-hmm. of times um, close to a hundred or more points higher. Mm-hmm. On his on base than he was uh, a well, b- batting average, so he was an on. You know, he got on base. Well, let's talk about. Let me just give you his numbers, just to kind of give you a little bit of an overview. Like he would, he averaged five hundred and fifty plate appearances, so almost five hundred at bats. Averaged seventy eight runs, which is really good. Uh, not big time power, but nineteen doubles, four triples, four homers, forty two runs batted in, stole about seventeen bases, but his splits were were definitely. Really respectable at 268 yes. average, 363 on base, 350 on the slugging, and then a 715 ops. That's a pretty good slash considering a guy that had a 350 slug to have a 715 ops. So, you know, I mm-hmm. mean, that's what kept him on the field. Um, you know, he was he was always a guy. I mean, I think he didn't get uh, – he didn't get the credit he deserved either at second base as far as a defensive guy either. Right, I agree. That was another thing that um, he might have been his best as a defensive player those years with with Texas. And, I mean, don't forget also he played on that Seattle team that won 116 games or whatever it was they won mm-hmm. too. And he was still a really viable piece for uh, yeah. Seattle. So, anyways, Kevin, I'll stop talking about Macklemore, and you can uh, you can talk about the guy that you think is the best Ranger second baseman in their in the franchise history. Well, okay, so he didn't play as many games for the Rangers, but to me, he he was on a team full of all stars. He was he was arguably the best player on that team, and that was from he played second base for the Rangers from eighty nine to ninety three. And that's my guy, the greatest baseball stance of all time and probably the heaviest bat of our generation, and that's Julio Franco. Um, this guy, while with Texas, split at a 308 batting average, 380 on base, on base 440 slug for an 822 ops. Um, won a batting title, uh, was an all-star three of the five years, was in the MVP race, won three silver sluggers, um, and really the only year that he had that was an off year was 92. And that was the year when he was hurt, but every other year, um, Monster. the guy was just, yeah, just was, and he was a man among, he was a man among men. I mean, you're talking about the seasons with Yvonne Rodriguez, Julio Frank, I mean, uh, uh Juan Gonzalez, Rafael Palmero. I mean, he, uh, even Dean Palmer. I mean, this, this, there was uh, some big dogs in that lineup and Franco was one of the most feared ones, especially in that 91 season, which for me as a kid was like, magical to see a guy win the batting title in Texas 
um, and, you know, go for 200 hits and just be an absolute horse. And again, just one of the most fun guys to watch play baseball. Yeah, I, I agree. I think he was uh, uh, one of the best hitting second baseman of all time, not just as a ranger. Um, I don't know if his overall um, uh, Rangers uh, uh, Rangers uh, um, stats or whatever would be better than Michael Michael or I'm sorry uh, Ian Kinsler's Ian overall Kinsler, right. Rangers stats, but mm-hmm. um, as far as second baseman go in the big leagues. I mean, when there's a guy that you talk about as a hitter and the longevity that he had, I mean, Julio Franco, man, what a guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and he never, he, he was as far as like uh, his D war, he, he was a negative. Uh, he was a negative. His only real negative season was his last season um, in terms of that, but his offensive production um, just made him an absolute asset um, for the team. And, and again, just a just a fun little thing. This is definitely not no knock to Ian Kinsler. I, I think that the argument could be made easily that he's the greatest second baseman that the Rangers have ever had. But for me, uh, you know, like I said, maybe some of my childhood memories are tied to a guy like Julio Franco a little more than Ian Kinsler. Um, and then I think we had an honorable mention that we had. Yeah, we got Before we can sneak on out of here, he's Mister Ranger, so we got to throw yeah. Michael Young in there. He played enough innings. If Macklemore played enough innings, that I think he's there. I think Michael Young mm-hmm. played enough innings. So sure, you know those, those are probably the four best um, Rangers second basements, at least for sure our eras. Um, mm-hmm. Even looking at the stats from the older guys that were before our eras. Um, nothing mm-hmm. stuck out like these four guys. No, not at all. Um, well, I think that's going to wrap us up for the for for a Monday. We made a show of it. It was a lot of fun putting this one together, and it really just a lot of fun just talking Rangers baseball. And yeah, you, baseball you think uh, you think we should move on from tomorrow and do another position and and work our well, way yeah. around the diamond yeah, on the maybe Rangers? We'll do another position, or we'll maybe just... we'll do some questions. Maybe we'll kind of play it by ear and, and let the We'll either have questions about the team or we'll talk about maybe the best Ranger at another position or maybe another couple of positions, but you're going to have to tune in to really know. Yeah, definitely. I don't want to, I don't want to give too much away. Normally we kind of tell a little bit about tomorrow, but since we don't have anything really planned in uh, indefinitely, we can, uh, we can keep them a little bit in suspense. Yep. We'll keep you on your toes. So uh, we just want to give everybody a big shout out and thank you for listening. Thanks for the uh, supporters of the show and all of our new listeners. And for a Monday, we are going to get out of here. This is Texas Rangers with the boys signing out.